Hey, I'm Bert, and welcome to Season 2 of Dabbing with Washington Artists. If you're new to the show, the idea is simple. Six questions, six dabs. So pull up a chair, light your torches, as we interview the artists that make Washington, Washington. This is Babel, and you're listening to Dabbing with Washington Artists. You can check out all my links found below. Much love and appreciation goes out to the Pacific Northwest and the cannabis communities. Thank you. For today's series of dabs, we'll begin our smoke session with a bitch fuel, a Frankenstein, and a jungle cake. And we'll round out the session with a coconut lime snow cone, a chem rosé, and a golden pineapple. Hey everybody, I'm Bert, and we are Immature Stoners, and this is Dabbing with Washington Artists. And today we are joined by Babel. How you doing, man? Good, how are you, man? Babel as in the tower. That's right. That's there right. you go. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, you ready to get stoned? Um, you already know. Hell yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> this one's a good, good name for a starter. Uh, we got some bitch fuel for our number one. Oh, nice. Nice. Bitch Fuel is a hybrid strain that gives the best of both an indica and sativa by delivering a physical body high with a charge of energy, and it's known for its tangy terpene profile. We found a gram of these sugar diamonds at a shop on Center Avenue in Tacoma. Hell yeah. Alright, I'll take that from you. So, uh, the first thing we like to ask everyone on the show, uh, what role does cannabis play in your creative process? I, I enjoy smoking um, particular flowers, lighter on an indica, kind of, you know, 60-40 uh, based kind of balance. Okay. I'm in a chair when I'm you know, producing more so that my musical instrument is a computer or a DAW, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. A digital audio workstation. So I sit there a lot. So I need that comfort. <laughs> so I look for a lighter indica so it doesn't really knock me out. Okay. In my creative process. Yeah. Do you have like a, a process that you do? You like to, do you have a reading ritual? Do you like to roll up joints? Like what's your method, man? I do. Um, I have to clean my apartment. Before I do anything, I have to clean the apartment. Then I light my Nag Champa, I light some candles. Uh, Classic. You know, so it has that cleansing kind of smell or refresh. Reminds me of home, you know? Okay. And once I get comfortable, I can get into a zone. If okay. You will. Um, Makes sense. And so I have a little table next to my DAW. That's what separate, so I don't, you know, splash oil or anything for my dab rig. Um, and then I'll roll up a couple of joints just to, you know, so that I can conveniently be smoking and not taking too many breaks, but take sure. enough breaks when I need to. Hell yeah. And yeah. uh, do you have any favorite strains right now? So I am a sucker for Girl Scout cookies. Hell yeah. Like, <laughs> I love forum cookies. That's probably one of my favorite strains. To, I like a lot of the cookie through. strains. Oh, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. The wedding cakes are really good. Mm. Um... Gelato is a hit or miss for me. Cereal milk is really good. We had that just the other day. <laughs> I like the cereal milk, yeah. yeah. And nothing against the cookies brand, but like, I, I, cause I don't want to take away from that, but like, I, I, I just like really good grown cookies. So not necessarily from that brand, but like, you know what yeah. I mean? Just really 
good cookies. You Beautiful. Know, so. And and Gorilla Glue. I am a sucker for a good Gorilla Glue. So Yeah, yeah. and like all of its offspring. <laughs> Anything in that lineage. Absolutely. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, so moving on to our number two here, we got some good old Frankenstein. Frankenstein is an indica-dominant strain that is known for its intense body high and tendency to leave the smoker with a wicked case of the munchies, and has subtle hints of citrus and mango. We scored a gram of this crumble at a shop on Capitol Hill. Every time I think of that one, I think of that movie, uh, Grandma's Boy. <laughs> and just the, the, the little roommate walking through. <laughs> <laughs> Get that flavor. Honestly, like that's become one of my like the more fun things for me now that I've been smoking all these different oils. Is just now, okay, how's it taste though? You know, right, the, like, terp, the, terp, the like, terp profiles. They're getting into some mad science with some of these men. Yeah, dude, I've seen the. There's this guy who does an interview with this kid. At, I think it's the the gem show down in Tucson. He's like, I only speak Turpanese. <laughs> He's like, you know, the banana, the tangy, the banangy, you know, the cams. And the guy's like, what's a terp? Everything's a terp. <laughs> like, my guy was gone. All right. Uh, so the second thing we like to ask everyone, uh, how has living in Washington influenced your sound or your process? Oh, um... Originally, I'm from Ann Arbor, Michigan, and kind of got more of my sound from Chicago. But since I've been here, the, my sound, the, I've been to the Olympic Forest like four times already. It's like, nice out there. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's more nature sounds in my music now than there was before, like birds and all this, you know what I mean? So I'll stop <laughs> right. out there and like, I'll hear stuff and I was just like, oh, and just record it. Nice. And, you know what I mean? Bring it back. So I have like people are like, where'd you get those? Is that a loop pack? I'm like, no, that's out in the forest. That's really that's real forest sound. <laughs> so it's definitely just the environment of the Pacific Northwest has influenced tremendously um, in the past decade since I've been here. Absolutely. In my sound, yeah. It's it's influenced it in in more of a atmospheric kind of natural scape than uh, an upfront in your face. Okay. Yeah. So since you uh, you came from Michigan, were you, you were I'm assuming you were still doing music in Michigan as well. Yeah, I got my start kind of up in Michigan. So how's uh, how's the uh, the difference in like the music scenes? Because yeah, I don't hear a lot about like what Michigan's like. Uh, so I'm curious. To... Michigan is is a particular place where the music scene um, techno, if you will, comes from Michigan, right? Okay. Um, it's birthed in Ypsilanti, Michigan, where I'm from. Okay. My uncle and mother went to school with the innovators of techno in Belleville. You have such a wide range of music there, from the Motown, right, to techno, even uh, like Danny Brown, you know, mm -hmm. he's from Detroit. The, the cityscape influences the artist more than anything, because if you truly listen to Detroit sound, you hear the Ford Motor Companies or the GM Motor Companies, you hear those assembly line kind of sounds that, tick, 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 you know what mm -hmm. I mean? 
uh, and then just the, the surrounding areas. Um, so I have not been back there in like 15 years. Okay. Uh, so I don't know how the progression is now. Um, okay. Fair. You know, but um, when I was involved there, a lot of people were just coming up. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so I, I was fortunate enough to like DJ some events where, you know, um, right place, right time kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you for know? sure. Um, and how, how do you think, how do you like the, uh, the Seattle music scene in, in comparison? It flourishes in the underground in such a way um, that's kind of astonishing to me. Because of the progression of it, you know, um, it, there's not a stagnant of like, this is the grunge city. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even though that influence is definitely there for sure. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You still but I have that, like, yeah. kind of like, you still have that punk rockish, grungy kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not really what the town is about. Sure. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And so um, just the progression of like, from the hip hop artists here. Uh, to the underground like house and you know drum and bass and jungle <laughs> community is absolutely beautiful uh, I've, I had not been able to experience so and being you know from Michigan and, and going through the Chicago scene too I don't want to take anything from those scenes it's just sure what, what, what I've seen since I've been here it's absolutely amazing hell yeah yeah um, all right um, so for our number three today uh, we have some jungle cake oh very fitting Jungle Cake is a well-balanced hybrid strain with subtle hints of sweet baked dough and sweet fruit, and is known for its tendency to leave the smoker feeling distracted and detached. We picked up a gram of the sugar wax at a shop on 88th Avenue in Kent. Yeah, before we started checking out your um, your music, I'd never heard of like jungle uh, like techno stuff, but he definitely has. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> big up, big up. Yeah, I've been in the jungle for a very long time, a very long time. Hell yeah! I got a gram dab I did on that Instagram. I just did my first gram dab recently, uh, and uh, I did better with it than I thought I was going to. Let's be real. <laughs> Yeah, they, they can be intimidating. The grand dad can be intimidating. You know what, though? It really wasn't as bad as no. I thought it was going to be. Like, nope. I thought it would, I thought, you know, like it would be exponentially more, like, just terrible than, like, doing a regular dad, but it kind of wasn't. Like, you thought it was just the stereotype of all the bad things when, you know, when dabbing. What's going on? Can't oh, don't get me wrong. I still feel like it was kind of a waste of oil, but, like, because, like, yeah, you got high, but not as high as I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> yeah, that's, that happens. Uh, it happened to me a couple of times. I, I, I did the the gram dab uh, as a show off at a party once because my buddy was like, "Watch, watch Babs. You can do a gram dab." Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "I fucking load me up. Let's fucking do it." Uh, and I boom did it while drinking. People were like, "What the hell, my like, house? Oh, I couldn't do that." That was in medical days, so we had we had those gnarly tolerances. Oh you know, yeah, where all you did all like, day you know, was like strikeouts and shit. Oh. Just sit around all day oh. at the dispensary. The irresponsible. And you could still smoke <laughs> in the dispensary, so you just like, and then you help someone. You're like, dad, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you had a dad bar and shit. I missed. You that. know what I mean? So I missed that a lot. All right. Uh, so, um, who have been some of your biggest influences, and how do you integrate them into your sound? I have a wide, varying, 
for, for range? What the hell? It's a new word. Yeah, a wide range uh, of uh, of music influences. My father is is one of them. Okay. Played guitar for. He still plays guitar. He's still alive. <laughs> uh, for many years, he tried teaching me when I was younger. Uh, and again, I have uh, the ADHD, so I have like the attention span of a squirrel sometimes. Sure. Yeah. And so um, another reason why I, I smoke. Or because it really helps. It's it brings you down to kind of a more manageable level. Yeah, Absolutely. I f- totally feel that. Absolutely. He was in a band, but like at home, he would just play the blues. He'd just sit there and just jam out on guitar, mm-hmm. just playing blues riffs, not even singing, just you know. And so that was at a very early age. Uh, so I would look at that as an influence. My friend Chris introduced me to the rave. Okay. If you will. Um, <laughs> Back in the good old days? Back in the gold days, right? Yeah. Um, and, I, like, I didn't really like jungle or drum and bass. It was too fast at first. Okay. Uh, I was really more into, like, dancing and, like, break dancing. I got into that a lot. And so I couldn't okay. I couldn't really dance to jungle because I couldn't feel it. I couldn't pick up the beat. It wasn't until um, I moved back to Michigan and I go to this record store in Ann Arbor, who's run by one of my, one of my influences now. Uh, his name's Todd Osborne. He ran this, this, bruh. This record store was underneath this place called Afternoon Delight, which was a cafe that sold these muffins this big. It was in the basement. Okay. So, like, it was like, um, a record store that just only supplied jungle and hip hop. Okay. That was it. Breakdancing videos, graffiti videos, DJ competition videos. And then jungle music too, and so uh, he's very specific. <laughs> yeah, and he he went by the name Sound Murderer, and his production like he, he never showed his music off. So you'd go over to like his studio, or whatever, and he'd just be there. And what you doing? He's oh, nothing. But he's working on a tune, and then he'd play it while he's you know working on it in front of you. And you're just like, what the, f-? you know. But he was very like very humble with it, and that's that was one of my major influences. Okay. getting into this whole sound, sure, and just his persona and the way he held himself and everything. Uh, Danny the Wild Child out of Chicago was another one because he was like a turntablist with Jungle, so he's like scratching and doing all these crazy tricks, and I was just like, that's what I want to fucking do, <laughs> you know. So, um, and then the UK guys would be DJ Hype. Uh, DJ Craze from Florida, uh, another turntablist. DJ Clever uh, from Atlanta, who's another turntablist. So yeah, the varieties like all over the, and then fucking uh, uh, what the hell is uh, Muddy Waters? Muddy Waters is another huge influence for me too. Nice. Yeah, so it's kind of all over the place. Oh yeah, <laughs> as it should be though. Right? Right, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, for our number four today, uh, we have some, this is my personal favorite, some coconut lime snow cone. Coconut lime snow cone is a hybrid with the complex terpene profile of sweet taffy and diesel and is known for its tendency to leave the smoker chatty and social. We found a gram of these sugar diamonds at a shop on 88th Avenue in Linwood. Dude, that's good, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's 
that lime comes through. <laughs> yes, they really did put the lime in the coconut. <laughs> oh my god. That's a blast from the past. There's going to be entire generations that will not know that. <laughs> Alright, let's try the, the lime and the coconut. And, right. and mix is it mix it all around. My <laughs> <laughs> parents like that, or my grandparents actually really like that dude. <laughs> Skittle. <laughs> that is amazing. Those turps are tasty. Those are pretty tasty. <laughs> so your name, Babel, yeah. uh, stands for Beyond All Beliefs, Entertaining Life. Uh, what can you tell us about the name and where it came from? All right. So there's not really a deep meaning where it comes from as much as the meaning itself is deep, right? Okay. When I was younger looking for my my name, if you will. I couldn't really use like the name that I had. So I had to come up with an artist name. Mm-hmm. And me trying to be clever as a kid, I was like, you know what? And mind you, this is in a, I have to say the year because the show comes out two years after me being having this name. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and I'd say 99, 98, 90, yeah, 98, 99, uh, I, I, have the name DJ Alias. Okay. Right, in, in Detroit. And so um, I don't really have access to the internet, so I don't know about other aliases. I don't know about Alias from Anticon, the hip-hop artist out of San Fran who recently uh, or passed away a couple years ago, you know. So I, out of respect, I changed my name. Okay. Um, and so, and mind you, in those days, like, I was ready to battle for that name. I was a, I was a battle DJ. You okay. Know? So I was like, I'll battle that guy. I'll battle that guy. And uh, the label I was working with at the time, they're like, he's an MC. You can't. It's like, all right, fair enough. I'll change my name. You know, like, <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> out of respect, yeah. I'll change my name. Uh, and so I was on, we're going back in the day here. I was on AIM with my buddy, uh, <sighs> my buddy uh, IQ out of New York. I was in a crew called Hipstep Massive, uh, which was uh, a branch from the Zulu Nation okay. when I was younger. IQ, my dude Q from uh, Spanish Harlem, is uh, like you gotta, you know, you gotta come up with a different name. I'm just like, I know, man. So I'm like, what about A1? Like, there's only one alias, A1. He's like, you can't do that. He's like, I got a guy down in Dallas, is a pretty bad, pretty badass uh, turntable. Is he? He might eat you up, man. His name's A1. I was like. All right, well, he's your homie. Probably eat me out. Don't want any, you know. So I went on the interwebs onto the thesaurus and looked up, a, <laughs> looked up another name for, like, music. And for whatever reason, Babel came up. But then, like, I looked up Babel and it said the Tongue of Confusion Tower of Babel. Right. So the music that I was doing at the time... Still kind of do just kind of made sense because people like when I tell people the the music I do, they're just like until you listen to it, then it totally makes sense. Like right, yeah. (laughs) So like uh, we, I was just like, all right, well, how about Babel? And uh, my dude Q was like, oh, that's a pretty dope name. But what does it stand for? Because IQ stands for Ingenious Creation of Unique Experiments. 
So like every every hip step dude and every like pretty much Zulu cat, you had deeper meaning in your name so that the you know what I mean? Okay. Uh and so I was just like, well, I have to, you know, the Tower of Babel, reaching for the knowledge of gods. So you have to put everything aside if you want to reach that knowledge, right? So beyond all of beliefs, your own beliefs, which is your entertaining for life, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, so that's where that meaning comes from. So it kind of correlates with the Tower of Babel. Okay. Or Babel, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking cool. So, uh, for our number five today, we have some Chem Rosé. Oh. oh. I'm getting, getting there. Chem Rosé is an indica-leaning hybrid with a rich floral aroma and a complex terpene profile of zesty lemon and lime, and it's known for its tendency to leave the smoker feeling creative and chatty. We found a gram of this sugar wax at a shop in Marysville. You ate them? I met a girl. She, yeah. She was just like, <laughs> rose petals. She said, you should try it. It's really good. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I know I've smoked them. I mean, you do the, use yeah. the wraps. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Works great. They but, hit nice. Uh, you've released a series of live streams on YouTube okay. and, uh, and have your full catalog on SoundCloud. Uh, what have been some of the advantages or disadvantages of live stream releases versus traditional platforms? All right, so sometimes you'll do a stream and the live stream you'll see uh, a substantial amount of people. It kind of feeds that energy. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. So you get a little bit more into it because you want to, you know, entertain them. You, you, you want them to tell their friends like, oh man, this guy's really, you know. So you want more to come in. And so the discouragement or the, the negative, I, I would say, is, is seeing Let's say one time you have like, uh, you get on Twitch, right? The community is very small and tight. So you'll see like between 20 to 150. And so every now and then you'll get like f four or five and, and you see that. And sometimes that, that's a little discouraging and kind of throws you off. But, mm -hmm. uh, but for the most part, like, um, that would be the only thing for me. Um, and I don't, I don't really open, keep that open. You know, I'll, I'll just go into a chat on my, my phone. Mm -hmm. That's where I can focus more on what I'm doing as a performer. And I need to balance it a little better or have like <laughs> someone there to like help me with the chats and stuff. Cause it can be a little boring sometimes in my room. I get that. But, uh, when you mess up. Oh, okay. That's another one too. Okay. When you mess up, uh, there is no editing. There is no nothing. Just so the real live element there. You you literally just kind of humble yourself in that sense. Like my bad. Yeah, that's my bad. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, but but then you grow from it. You grow from it. I don't really see it. I I see a progression in such a way that it it because the communities are flourishing from. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Especially during the Rona when all that happened. You know, it was a it was a great place to release because you couldn't go to the for club, sure you know I, I enjoy the traditional platform as well uh in the, in the aspect of making sure my sound is 100 to mm -hmm. represent the brand okay you know yeah, what yeah. i mean yeah and on the fly you can't really do that you can rehearse and practice you, you know what i mean and get into mm -hmm. that you know i love i love the live element 
I truly really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but I also like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sort my set out the week before I do a live stream. Okay. And then I'll kind of rehearse it. So I'm old like that. And we didn't really have technology the way it is nowadays. So you had records where you had it. So in that kind of way, I still, I still do that. Okay. Um, to just kind of, uh, probably work 12 hours a day, my guy. <laughs> I'll go home. And I'll practice my scratching for at least an hour. Nice. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Just because, just because you should always practice your cuts. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, is it is it kind of weird when you, uh, I don't know if you've done live shows like uh, in venues or anything like that, but is there, uh, does it feel different when you're playing to an audience you can't see? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You, as a human, kind of need that connectivity. And so when you share that energy, if you will, within that dance floor, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it at all. For me, I always look for like the hardest, the hardest guy or the hardest girl, you know, or the hardest human. Sure. Just sitting in the back all like, and if I can get them to dance, you know what I mean? Like... (laughs) And I'm just like, all right, I'll get this whole floor to rock. If I get that one, that one person back there, all you know, mean mugging, like this is whatever. You know what I mean? So that, I don't get that on the live stream. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, yeah. That's that's a, another kind of you don't really get that. You know. Kind of have to replace it with watching like that live chat or something. Or yeah, absolutely. Which is, absolutely. I imagine way different. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you still kind of see it, but again, you don't, you don't have that like, you know what I mean? Absolutely, <laughs> right on. All right, uh, so for our final dab for the day, uh, we've got some golden pineapple. Ooh, we got some little crystals for that one here. Golden pineapple is a sativa dominant strain that lives up to its name with a rich pineapple flavor that lingers and is known for its tendency to leave the smoker focused and alert. We scored a gram of these diamonds at a shop on 88th Avenue in Tacoma. technical developments in how the reggae jungle sound is produced. What do you see as some of the biggest changes as a producer? With the sound itself? Yeah, or just the methods that they use to get that sound or... Back then you were, they were using a lot of uh, different kind of samplers. I had that warmth to the analog. So you have to kind of like mimic that in a digital realm, right? Okay. So, and I'm guilty of this myself, uh, is sampling the Winston Brothers uh, Amen or is it yeah the Amen Brother fucking sample I, I use the Amen the original Amen sample as opposed to building from the Amen the progression of the jungle sound is definitely coming from a digital realm now okay um, however there are some new producers that are coming out that are using um, the old samplers to recreate that full sound, you know, that th- the thick drums, the fullness okay. of the jungle sound. But then again, like, I mean, you know, you have vets out of New York, like Lion Dub, 
who maximizes all those frequencies in such a digital realm that it has that hot, fresh, new sound Mm -hmm. with the aesthetic of the old sound. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's it it takes its roots in reggae, man. And so you'll still have those those sirens and that that dubbiness. Uh, It's what it is. It's it's getting crisper, more HD because of the uh, accessibility to the tools now. Okay. You know what I mean? For sure. So... Um, and you also mentioned earlier you go out and like record sounds yourself and stuff like that. Is yeah. current technology making doing that kind of thing a lot easier? Or oh, absolutely. I mean, yes and no. Yes and no. Because um, you had access to it in yesteryear of ten, twenty years back. The only difference is it's it's basically free now. Okay. You know what I mean? Like uh, before, you'd get a little sampler, a little you know recorder, a little sampler, whatever, or even a little mini tape recorder, uh, and it would run you between eighty to two hundred and fifty dollars for these things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now I can use my phone. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. You know. What I mean? <laughs> and so I mean, I don't necessarily get uh, a similar quality. Okay. But I still record. And so with technology, I can mimic those uh, particular frequencies okay. with, with you know, the, the DAW. So, okay. yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> right on, dude. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, man, um, again, thank you for having me. Hopefully uh, you got nice and, nice and toasty. Uh, (laughs) right on man well thank you guys for joining us today uh make sure you click like subscribe uh share with your friends and uh yeah hi everybody stay high (laughs) always always